before we even kick off the podcast, I just want to remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. Hey guys, I have got with me today Coach Matt Weber. Coach Weber is a uh, Wisconsin dweller, such as myself. Uh, played his college football, got started at uh, Mankato, and then transferred to University of Wisconsin Whitewater. Uh, coached at Oregon High School, uh, Belleville High School, Toma High School, and then he's back at Oregon High School in Wisconsin. So Coach Weber and I have. Uh, We've been Twitter friends for a long time, and we actually finally got to meet and work at camp together last summer, so that was a fun time, but uh, super excited to have Coach. How, how's it going? Uh, it, it's going good. We're, we're kind of in the clear of getting out of COVID right now. My family, unfortunately, had a rash of COVID for the oh, last boy. week and a half or so, but uh, we're doing okay now that football's starting. Good. Yeah, I know. I saw a lot of schools. Wisconsin is, is notoriously um, – chintzy on their contact days so i saw a bunch of schools have started that this week and and uh you know a lot of a lot of those wisconsin coaches i see on twitter are super excited about that so i'm sure you're you're the same oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. those five days are super important and it, it, it's exciting that it's back yeah and that's i still it's baffling to me that a state where football is is pretty important in the state of wisconsin and you only have five contact days where you kind of, you know, you, you take the, the short trip South to Illinois and they've got 25 contact days. So that just, that's, that's a, that can be a, you know, that's the subject of a whole nother podcast right there of how, why, why the, the, the contact days are so few and far between. Uh, and it's, it's strange on top of that is that every other sport in the state of Wisconsin is unlimited with right. coach contact. So it, it football kind of, like I understand the education-based philosophy that they're coming from and also the safety perspective, but also um, the, I feel like it's a, it's more of a prohibition than anything else sure. going on. Like, sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, I mean, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's not, it's not helping, helping anybody. And I mean, if anything, it, it can, I'm sure some of the, some, some smaller schools probably, they try to rush to put things in or rush to try to get things going faster than normal and, and maybe get some, you know, some soft tissue injuries or, or things like that, just because they're trying to kind of press things so much. Yeah. Um, I can even remember at my days at Belleville, uh, the first year was kind of a rush because I got hired like the week of camp right. and then, you know, we had to jump into it right away. But, uh, at a smaller school, so many kids are multiple sport athletes. Uh, right. So they're playing summer league basketball. They're playing summer baseball. And then you got to find time to fit football in there. So you're kind of, like you said, you're behind the eight ball a little bit. And then when you get to some of the bigger schools, um, a lot of that, you know, if you're an established coach, it's kind of taken care of between uh, the weight room and everything else. And it's just your identity offensively and defensively. But smaller schools, it's definitely a setback. Right. No, yeah. I mean, that's – I can remember my time at, at Fort Madison where my first year there kind of – you know, I was I was there and I got hired in, in June, so I was there kind of first day one of summer. But, yeah, they, they had summer basketball, and, and Iowa plays baseball in the summertime. So, you know, you've got kind yeah. of – you got – you know, you got 10 to, 10 to 15 kids that, 
you've been told you can count on that you've been told are playing football, but you, you, you don't see them until middle of July when their seasons are done and over with. So it's, it's kind of that question mark game of, well, I've heard they are, but are they really, you know? So uh, I, I definitely know how that goes. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's an interesting world to try to live in. It's, right. I mean, it is what it is, I guess, at this point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you guys, you've been around long enough and, and, and the coaches in the state, have been around long enough that they, they can adapt and make it work to their, you know, especially the big programs who, who know how, how those things go and can, and, and, you know, I shouldn't say big, but the established programs where guys have been there for a long, long time and can understand kind of how to get things done and, and accomplished. Yeah, absolutely. They, they got their identities. Right. I, it's, it doesn't matter if it's a big school or a small school, that coach that's been there forever knows how the system works. It, I, I can remember that was the hardest part about being a young coach was just trying to figure out what I was going to do in that little bit of time. Right. Um, good thing. I had some, I had some good coaches growing up to be able to, uh, to learn from and be able to, to be able to put together what my own identity was. So right. it, it was, uh, it, those five days are, are, are super important. They go super fast. And, uh, it, like I said, sometimes it's hard to figure out what you need to fit into them. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, it's, you know, priorities, priorities, priorities when you're doing that kind of stuff, that quick camp like that. So uh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get let's get talking a little bit about you. Um, first question I've got for everybody, you know, you've, you've been a part of some great teams, obviously, at Wisconsin Whitewater and, and, and you know, a, a few different high schools. Talk to me about how the offensive line played a role in the uh, in the success of those teams. Um, I'll start off with even as early as my high school days, um, Oregon, my junior and senior year really took a major turnaround. Uh, we went 0-9 my freshman year, and then my junior year, we went 11-2 and and lost in the state quarterfinals to a wow. really, really good Waukesha West school. Uh, yep. They were loaded at that point in time. Uh, but it was, uh, it was very grounding then is that in like my own development is that our offensive lines were very good, right? right? That's, that's a part of the reason why we won. Yes. We had great talent too at the skill positions, but our offensive line is why we won. Um, fast forward a, a few years. I, I go to Minnesota state Mankato. Um, I, I, you know, my time at Mankato was short. Um, it was an interesting adventure. I had a really good time, met some great people. Um, I got to learn from a really good football coach who's now at Northwest Missouri State and uh, uh, Coach Cunningham. Um, and the same thing was there is that you could see all the pieces of a really great offensive line there. Yeah, uh, we were an, we were an air raid spread it out team, which is interesting in Minnesota State because <laughs> you know it it starts snowing and doesn't stop until about May. There. Right. But, uh, <laughs> But, well, um, that's, and that's, and that's not what you think of when you think of those, you know, the, the, the Northern sun, you, you kind of think about hand in the dirt, grind it out a little bit more so than, than maybe the air raid. No. And, and especially back in that, like that was before it was the North central conference. So it was North Dakota, South Dakota. Oh, um, it was the, the big schools that all went to D one. Yeah. So it was like, like, I understand some of the pieces of it. Like, you know, we probably weren't going to line up and double tight and run over North Dakota at that point in time. Right. You know, Nebraska Omaha was still playing football and they were pretty darn good. Uh, like it, it was, uh, 
it was an interesting conference. There were some dudes that came out of that conference at that point in time. Yeah. Um, but you could see that there was some, there was a twinkle there. And then as soon as that staff kind of moved on and new staff moved in, I mean, that's when all of a sudden they had to turn around and they're playing on ESPN, you know, late in December. So, uh, but nonetheless, I, I transferred and went to Whitewater in, uh, you know, with playing under coach Leipold and coach Dinkle and coach Jim Zabrowski was our OC, um, our bread and butter and like our, our pound the rock rock is you should, so to speak was the offensive line. Like right. our offense went how we did. And, uh, we had some pretty good success. Once again, like we had some great skill players, some dudes that could flat out play like Lavelle Coppage and Jeff yeah. Donovan and Matt Blanchard and those guys. Uh, we, uh, but, um, it, it, it was, uh, one thing that Steve Dinkle, our old line coach always like instilled in us was confidence. Like back in that day, you, you know, you get beat up in practice. And the thought was that practice had to be harder than the games rather right. than, and like to a certain extent, like, yeah, we walked in the games and there were some games that we got off the bus and we kind of knew that we won because we were so mentally prepared and physically prepared for that game that we knew that if it wasn't in the first or second quarter, at some point in time, the dam was going to break. Right. And like all of a sudden, 21 points are going on the board in a flash. And then the other team, you could just see their heads go down. And like yeah. that's when it kind of gets a little bit fun for you because you start rolling dudes and start getting those tootsies at the end of games. Yeah. So you start wearing them out a little bit after you lean on them for four quarters. But yeah, it's our identity. Our identity was definitely in the offensive line at, at those schools. Well, that's, I mean, that's still kind of, you look, you look at both those schools now and they're still rooted in the offensive line. Um, you know, I think Whitewater, Whitewater is always going to be rooted in the offensive line just a little bit, no matter who's calling the plays or who's calling the shots. Um, and Mankato's kind of become a little bit more of that sort of, ground and pound team um you know trying to kind of get the identity of some of those other teams they used to be in the conference with so that's you know both those schools definitely you think about you think about either of those schools and the first thing i think about always is the offensive line with with both of them yeah and you look to two small schools that have put multiple dudes in the nfl over the last few years i mean oh, yeah. that's pretty cool too oh yeah oh yeah i mean that's i mean i we harp that all the time. It's, you know, they'll, they'll find you no matter where you're at. You, if you think, if you can play, they'll find you. Um, Absolutely. You, you know, you sort of, you kind of alluded to it a little bit and you talked about your transfer from Mankato to Whitewater. Um, tell me a little bit more about that. And, and, you know, was that, was that something that kind of came about quickly or you had thought about it for a while and, and, and did you, you know, were there any struggles um, or, or, you know, kind of, you know, hindrances you had at making that, that, that change? Um, I, I did. So I, I loved my time at Mankato and we had some really good coaches. Um, a lot of the dudes are, are now on, you know, on, on big 12, you know, they're either at K state or Kansas or they're at, uh, like I said, coach Cunningham's at Northwest Missouri state. Right. Um, they've gone on to bigger and better schools, which is awesome to see. Uh, it, it was an interesting, it was kind of a combination of things. Like, um, I, I'm a little bit of a homebody, so I kind of wanted to be a little bit closer to home. Sure. Like Six-hour drive, something like that. Uh, at that point in time, um, 
I was playing and traveling, so that wasn't a huge deal, but like we weren't doing so great. Uh, there was some other things within the program, which I guess did fit my value set. Sure. And then uh, I, I decided to, to transfer. And, um, and the other part was the guy that recruited me there, his name is Spence Nowinski. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, great dude, still keep in contact with him, social media and stuff like that. But he was kind of on his way out. He was kind of like that dude that I developed that close relationship with. Sure. And so I was kind of saw the writing on the wall. Maybe this isn't a good fit for me anymore. And uh, I, I always remember is that once again, football, as we all know, is all about relationships is uh, when I was getting recruited in high school by uh, Whitewater, uh, Stan Zweifel and Steve Dinkle came and watched me wrestle a couple of times. Okay. And, you know, always came and talked and uh, Dinks came to, high, to my high school a few times. And talked with my mom and you know if there's an easier way to get me to do something you better go to my mom first <laughs> uh so that was that was perfect but i always remembered once again that that positive relationship that i had with them and that's what really drew me to whitewater and uh i think it was the uh like november of 2008 i asked for a release for my scholarship at mankato because that was back in the day when you had to go through all that stuff Right. Transfer portal would have been a wonderful thing for me, but that's all right. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, as for my release, you know, there was a little bit of a, a fight there about that. And then uh, December, I enrolled at Whitewater after I got done with finals in the, the, the winter and uh, went back to living in the dorms at Whitewater, which was a great, great time. But then I enrolled early so I could do spring ball at Whitewater. So... Okay. And then kind of like the rest of that is history. So, yeah, no, I mean, that's, it's, it's, there's a lot, you know, as, as a, as a, as another former, you know, I transferred after my freshman year of college, uh, you know, for a lot of the same reasons, just wasn't, you know, didn't, didn't feel like a great fit. And, 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 you know, it, it that's, that's important. You know, you don't want to, you know, for, for a young man, you know, and, 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 you know, growing up so to speak as we as we all were in college you know you you want to be comfortable and you want to make sure that you know playing time's important but you also want to make sure that you're enjoying your time off the field as well and um you know so those things definitely play a part in in a lot of young men's decisions should play a part but you know now often more often than not it's just about whether or not you're getting playing time or or not unfortunately i think yeah 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 and i i remember growing up i so I, I grew up kind of a, a, a farm kid, and uh, during the winters, I'd work at a Christmas tree farm. And I can remember it was snowing, it was cold, and uh, Whitewater is playing in the national title game as I'm sitting at the Christmas tree farm, and we could see it on TV at that point in time. And I'm going, I think I made the right decision. Right. Like, right at that point in time, I'm like, all right, I, I feel a little bit better about it, you know, because, you know, you're a 20-some-year-old kid, and you know, your decision-making isn't always the greatest, not to you know, undermine <laughs> right. my own decision-making as a 21-year-old. But nonetheless, I was like, ah, did I make the right decision? Did I, am I, am I doing this for the right reasons? And then I'm watching them on TV and I'm going, man, we were done playing two months ago at Mankato. <laughs> right. Like, I still want to be playing. Like, right. that's, I, I, I feel like I did the right thing. Yeah. 
So do you do you have one ring or two rings? So I have 2009, 2010. So I got two and then 08 as a runner up. Oh, okay. Very nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh it makes for a heavy, heavy-handed fist there, right? Yeah. It, it's <laughs> funny, my uh my roommate's a year younger than me, so he he got the extra one after that too. So yeah. Oh wow. I couldn't I that's that's crazy to me, but that's awesome. Um yeah. You, you know, you, you talked you were born born and raised in Oregon, uh played ball at Oregon got your coaching career started there um, and then came back, you know, uh, in 2019. Talk to me a little bit about that and, and how those, you know, just the pride you had in being able to, because I, I also, I worked for my, my alma mater too and at a high school um, for a long stretch of time, but just talk to me how, how it's been being back and, and, and a little bit about kind of, you know, maybe even a little bit of the transition and, and struggles you've had going from offense to now you're the defensive coordinator over there. You know, what, what, how, how is it being back? And, and talk to me a little bit just about kind of how those things go. Yeah. So I was done playing my eligibility at Rand Dry in 2010, but I wasn't done with school yet because when you transfer and your credits don't transfer and all mm-hmm. that fun stuff. Um, so the fall of 2011, um, our head football coach, who's still our head football coach at Oregon, Dan Kiss, like said, Hey, why don't you see if you can make it back to some practices and, you know, just kind of see if coaching is what you want to do. And at that point in time, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, right. whether I wanted to, you know, get back into coaching. I knew at that point in time, I'd missed football, right. but I didn't know if coaching was my thing. So I uh, went back and coached there for a couple, couple falls, basically, while I, while I finished up my degree. And um, realized that's what I love to do. Uh, I love, I love the coach. I absolutely love the game if you're going to coach, but also you, you got to love being around the kids through yeah. the thick and thin of it, whether it's, you know, the greatest of all or whether it's the crappiest of all, which, you know, as a coach, you're going to see both. Um, but I love being around the kids. And, and that's, kind of what really sparked my passion in coaching was going back and doing that. And I had coached like, even in high school, I coached our youth leagues, which was a blast on Saturday mornings, but um, it always left. Like I always had a good feeling about Oregon sometimes. Uh, and you know, whether it's just that you're young and rebellious or whatever else, like sometimes you don't have the greatest feeling about your hometown after you leave it. Yeah. Until you're gone for a few years and you look back and you go, oh, that wasn't that bad, you know? <laughs> um, but I never really got that feeling. Um, I, I always had great relationships with my coaches, whether it's it's Dan Kissling or whether it was Bob Prawl, who was my head coach in high school. But um, it, it was always a comfortable place to come back to. And then I, I in 2012, I got hired at Belleville, um, fresh out of college, just about to get married, get hired at Belleville and kind of in a whirlwind and, and go coach there. Uh, the one unfortunate part about that is that they didn't have any teaching jobs available for my wife or myself. So yeah, it, unfortunately it was kind of only a temporary gig. I, I loved my time there. I loved the people there. Um, I still keep in touch with them. They did, uh, I, I, we did some really good things there, which I was super excited about. Um, but then, uh, lo and behold, we go to Toma, um, Toma's where the, the interstates divide, the split between going to lacrosse or going to Eau Claire. 
And uh, we got there through a family connection. And my wife and I both got teaching jobs there. So we spent seven years or so there. And we, we kind of thought that's where we were going to be. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, had some we, great, always, always a dangerous thought. Cause that's as soon as you, as soon as you feel that level of comfort, the, the rug gets pulled out from under you always. Yeah. And like, so it's funny, like our kids were born there, for example, except for our daughter who was just born this year. Okay. Um, so we had this little house in the middle of town and it's awesome because it was a seven minute walk for me to my, my classroom. It was, it was literally longer for me to drive than it was for me to walk to school. Right. So it was, it was pretty ideal. And, but we kind of outgrown our house. So we're like, ah, let's, let's look. We're looking around for a house. And, um, well, like long story short, like my parents end up uh, getting this house kind of in their lap, which is two doors down from them. And my wife and I are both like, well, let's do it. So right. we up and, you know, it's the pandemic in 2019. We're sitting at home. We had a lot of time to talk because it was just us and our two boys. And we're like, let's just do it because we don't do it now. We're never going to do it. Right. So, and, you know, my, I, I love my parents. And uh, they always said, like, you know, go off, do your own thing. But just remember, you can always come back home. And I kind of always remember that. And we ended up up and leaving. And, uh my wife gets hired in the Oregon school district right away, which is awesome. But I'm kind of without a job and I'm thinking, what am I going to do for a little while? Right. And it's like in the middle of the pandemic and like it's Dane County, Wisconsin. So everything's closed down. So I'm kind of searching for a while and I get hired at Edgewood high school, a private school in Madison. Um, and Jesse Norris, their head coach. Uh, yeah. brings me oh, I know Jesse. Staff. Okay. Yeah. So Jesse brings me on staff. So I'm there in 2019 through like camp and stuff like that. Well, then I get hired in the school as kind of like a study hall, like resources teacher, right? Yep. Well, I had been applying and I applied at Oregon. Didn't hear back, didn't hear back. I'm at first year teacher in service. And I feel awful about this, but. I'll tell the story anyways. That <laughs> first year teacher in service for Edgewood, and I get the phone call from Jim Pliner, who is our, our principal at the high school here. And he says, hey, why don't you come over and have a chat with me? And I'm like, oh, no. So I got to go talk to my principal, and, and I kind of gave her some, like, hey, I got to go. I got something going on. I apologize. I'll be back later. Yeah. So I go, and then I come back later, and I sit in her office and go, I'm sorry, but here's my letter of resignation. So they had to like, uh, it was really, I, I, once again, I feel bad for this, but it was kind of funny at the same time. Like they had to Photoshop me out of the pictures <laughs> and like, and like, I'm not like a small guy, like right. I'm a pretty big guy. So like it kind of distorted some of the pictures, which was kind of, it was a little funny to me, but that's all right. But I, I still, I valued my time at Edgewood. Um, yeah. love, love Jesse. Great guy. Strickland, all those guys, they're, they're good dudes. Um, it was great coaching with them. I learned a lot in that short time I was with them, which was awesome. But then um, come to Oregon, and we don't have football because it's COVID. <laughs> no football. Um, school is online. Yeah. My wife is working because she's an elementary school teacher, but I'm online, and it's daddy daycare. Yeah. 
So, like, I got two little boys running around the house while I'm teaching kids U.S. history during the day, which is interesting in itself. But uh, it, it was it was fun. Um, I, it was super good to be back in Oregon, even in the weirdest of situations sure. that, that was. Yeah. So. No, that's yeah. That's that's it's it's such a great story, and and it you know those are that's that's how you kind of know it's it's the right thing because it, it you know everything everything kind of pointed that direction you know what i mean so like even when things felt like it was a struggle it was like oh you know things are things are going the right way things are going the right way so um that's awesome that everything worked out like that that's uh it happens though i mean you should we we do you know sometimes we feel bad about those situations but you know at the end of the day it's it's we have to do what's best for us. And we have to do what's best for our family. And so that's, you know, that's, that's the key in my opinion. Oh yeah. And it, it, like I said, I, I live a couple doors down from my mom and dad. And uh, unfortunately my dad passed away a few weeks ago, but. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And like we, when we moved, we learned that he had cancer. So it was nice to be around. So it kind of like all fit together. Sure. For my mom and for my family. So. Oh wow! You're absolutely right. It's just like you're like it, all of a sudden you're like you know every step of the way, like in the moment, you're like, are we doing the right thing? And then once you get to it, you're like, yep, right. we're good. We, we're definitely doing the right thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, well, my condolences, Coach. I I, I had no idea. Um, you know, we'll we'll let's we'll 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 shift we'll shift gears again. We'll try to get back uh back to the positive here. Um. Last question I've got for you, and this is this um this this should be a good one from you. Um, if you could build a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen from guys, guys you played with, guys you coached, or guys you were just maybe a fan of, kind of watching the game, who would be on that five man offensive line? Oh man, dudes I played with. Oh man, yeah. I, I'm trying to. I, I'm I, I've just got like I got like pictures running through my my head right now. Sure. Right? Um, I'll start off with, uh, Steve Dinkle. He was our old line coach at Whitewater. Um, you know, we, uh, Dinks was kind of an old school coach. Uh, he was a, he was a bit of a yeller, but, uh, we sat and I, I think you were in on this conversation when we were talking at the, at the clinic, cause Brent played with him too. Yep. Um, is that. We always knew going into the games that we were well prepared. Right. Like, and we also always knew that no matter how much Dinkle threatened to get after you and stuff, like he still loved you. Like he, we knew that. Right. Like that. And that's the guy that you want to play for. Like it's that dude that de- takes that time to develop those relationships because he, in one part, like we didn't want to let him down. And then the other part, we were a little afraid of them. So right. it's kind of that. But <laughs> but yeah, that would that'd be number one. Um I will uh I I'll actually uh refer back to uh another guy. Um Mike Derrick is his name. He was our he was my high school offensive line coach. And, and Mike was kind of an unorthodox guy. You know, he, he wore um he wore sandals occasionally. <laughs> but he uh he was another guy that he knew how to build those relationships with kids 
that made you want to come back. Right. No matter how hard it was, that was back before they had rules for how much you could practice and all that stuff and how awfully hot it is this time of the year every time football rolls around. Right. Like, you, you always wanted to come back because, like, you're going to do something fun. Um, you're going to be with your friends. Uh, and, and, like, we, we kind of knew for a few years there we were going to be pretty good. So that was, uh, that was a guy that would be up on there, too, that I, that I always refer back to. Um, one, of the, one of my biggest, and, and this is, it, it's funny, and, like, I still keep in touch with him, is my, one of my college roommates. He's a, he now coaches uh, the big boys at South Dakota State and Ryan Olson. Okay. So Ryan and I were college roommates. And I can, like, it, this is why college is such a weird experience is that uh, he um, and I, we, we bonded so well because, like, we both played offensive line. Like, we lived in the same house. We hung out. Like, our lives were intertwined for, like, three or four years of our lives. Like, it, and we still talk, you know, just about every other day, even to this point. Like, that, that's, a, that's a couple of dudes that would be up there that when I think about offensive line play, like that's who first comes to mind, like two dudes that kind of gave me my foundation. And then right. a guy that, you know, he lived through the muck with me. Um, there's a bunch of guys that I've played with that were like that as well. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think who else would fit onto this board here. Man. I played with some guys that were just absolute animals who uh, I, don't, I don't feel. And this is this is the weird part about the state of Wisconsin, right? You know, we got our one scholarship school. So uh, if you're not six foot five and above, you're not going to the Badgers, right? Right. So, like, this is why the WEX is so good and filled with big kids, because there's a ton of us that are in that six foot two to six foot four mark that just didn't quite make the cutoff to go play at Wisconsin, you know, for whatever it was. Right. Um, and, and I've played with a couple of guys like that where you're just like, man, wrong level, like right. <laughs> watching, watching dudes run down the field at 320 bills. And you're just like, you move pretty good for a big guy. Right. Like um, I've, a couple of guys that I, we just did the golf outing together, for example, um, Robbie Ustrock and Mark Garonski and Logan Allman. Like, you know, we're, we're sitting there just reminiscing, you know, as we're hoping that our golf carts make it up the hill because <laughs> we haven't gotten any lighter. Yeah. But uh, like, those are some guys that would, that would definitely make it onto that board as well. Um, it, it was a blast having, you know, my formative years in the twenties being around those guys going through the muck of all that stuff and then just realizing how like as a group you know the four of us plus um uh garth Coates and uh uh grant murray would be the other one like there's like uh i think there's like five all americans in there right so like it, it was something that was special oh yeah like it was something that not only did we win a couple titles get to play on espn you know as a small small school uh wisconsin kid you never think about that stuff until you're there and you see uh the espn cameras out there and you get a right. little excited. but um like those would be the dudes that i would put up there like who i still talk with who i still um when i think of offensive line play like that's who i i instantly connect with on a personal level 
Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's, I, I knew it would be tough for you because that's a, you know, you played with, again, like we kind of talked about earlier, you know, Wisconsin Whitewater, you play with a lot of great, great dudes. So I, I you know, I had to throw you on the spot though. I got to throw everybody on the spot. So you, you, you did, you did good though. Um, I don't know if I would have planned it out any better, so it's all right. <laughs> well, before we get you out of here, Coach, do me a favor. Drop your Twitter handle um, and any other information you want the listeners to know. Yeah, so um, hold on a second here. Let me uh, – You got. It's all right. You got to look. It's okay. Yeah, I do. There we go. It's uh, Coach M. Weber is my Twitter handle. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm our, our DC at Oregon High School, so I'm super excited for a, a new role with this team this year. Um, it, it was, it's been a blast to be on here. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Coach, and I know you got uh, you got practice coming up here in a little bit. So good luck and and best of luck this season. Um, I, so just to give you a heads up, we have a bye week September 10th, and I'm pretty sure Whitewater is hosting Plays. Mary Harden Baylor. Um, absolutely so i will i will probably be shooting you a message we're gonna try to come up to that game so um well hopefully we can uh, we can connect and uh and watch some warhawk football yeah with about twenty thousand other people too exactly hopefully. exactly all right well coach best of luck and we will talk soon absolutely have a good one all right thanks Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you like and subscribe, and you can find previous episodes on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast platform.